Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. Security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Welcome to Money MD. The Money Doctors are in the house here in 2014, our first show, and we're getting out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with 19 years' experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I am Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I also have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 20 years. We're excited to have you listen to our show with us today on our weekly radio show here for starting out the new year right. Um, we are here every Saturday, though, like today from 9 to 10 a.m. Yeah, you can also go to our website, moneymd.net, and you can uh, click on the top right-hand corner. You know, vacations are wrapping up. Maybe you're sitting there uh, in your, your kitchen listening to us, and you can stream us. Anywhere in the yeah. world, right? we got people all over the country listening you to us. It. and Maybe you're writing out your New Year's resolution. That's right. That's Let's right. Get your so. pen and paper out because we have some of those, We're right? We're going to talk about those. Yes, we are. But you can also download the TuneIn Radio app. That's my favorite way of listening to the show um, on your smartphone while you're working around the house, jogging, um, you name it, just about anywhere. You know, Working out at the gym. That's New Year's resolution typically, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> planning out your new <laughs> diet plan. Um, yeah, but check us on our website, too, moneymd.net, where you can link to us there or email us your questions. We would love to hear from you. Um, you can email us directly at info at moneymd.net. Well, John, we do have an awesome show here lined up for the day for our first uh, first show of the new year here. And, um, you know, I, I think it's it, it, we got to get the year off right here. This is a good time to start planning. You know, sit That's down right. and look at your New Year's resolutions. And part of resolutions are going to be, um, you know, maybe a personal, financial, exercising, sure. spiritual, whatever, you know, kind of is in your world. And obviously, we're bringing you the financial ones today. The financial ones, yeah. We are going to talk about the five financial New Year's resolutions you need to put on your list if you haven't already conquered these. Um, those are very, very important because everybody needs to get their financial house in order. You Absolutely. Know, we've had a good year the stock market financially. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, but you, you got to make sure you're on track for retirement, your portfolios allocated correctly, and you're geared up for the new year. Um, so that's that's going to be a big one. Speaking of, of good years, that's the next topic of, of conversation after that is we're, we're going to talk about the stock market. 2013 was a banner year. It was. It was fantastic. I mean, stocks made over $3.7 trillion for folks that were owned them, and people are starting to pile back in. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of times people come in late to the game, and that's what we see here is that, um, you Unfortunately. know, stocks, are, you know, the inflows are really tremendous at this point. So we're going to kind of focus on that from a current event, and then we're going to close out the uh, segment today on 10 ways that Americans squander their retirement. This is coming from our buddy Dave Ramsey that uh, we, we all like listening to on, on – uh, on the radio and, and reading his books and so forth. And he has 10 ways that he sees that people um, just continue to make mistakes. And so, again, this is kind of in the New Year's theme. You can look at these and try to make some changes in your situation. Maybe your kids, grandkids, you know, you can certainly uh, impart this information with other people. 
Right? Exactly. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. So listen up. But we're going to start off here, though, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this source is from the uh, CBO, um, which is the budget office um, up at uh, the, the grand uh, place up there in Washington, D.C., and, um, you know, this has to do with the, the compromise that, that went on a couple of weeks ago. and, and The grand compromise that's going to save so much here. <laughs> yeah, the they didn't really get a lot of press on it, but, you know, at least they didn't. At least they came up with a deal, even though it's so small. And this is kind of the, the fact is, is that Bipartisan Budget Act of 2013, which was the Ryan slash Murray compromise, estimates it will produce $23 billion of debt reductions over the next decade, twenty three billion. Boy, that <laughs> yeah. sounds almost like a lot. But then, it, when you put it in perspective, it's it's weak. It's, it's weak. The government estimated in May twenty thirteen that our national debt will increase by six point three trillion over the next decade. So, you know, that compromise will reduce our estimated growth in debt by one third of one percent. So, pretty much nothing. 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 Yeah. 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 They I mean, kicked the can down the road again. Yeah, they did. They did. It's unfortunate. And, you know, that's but but I think it was necessary that they make a deal and, you know, get some things behind us so that hopefully they can focus on fixing health care and some big things that need to happen after the elections. Yeah, I think in 2014 is going to be an interesting elections to see who takes the the Senate and um Maybe yes. in 2016 we can get a leader in there that'll compromise and get a grand deal. I, I really do think that's going to happen in the next two to four years. But yeah, we need to. It's we not going to happen in the next you know financially, year. fiscally. We need to have a grand deal yes. to reform entitlements, mm-hmm. reform you know all the big unfunded liabilities that are just sinking us financially yep. from from a debt's perspective. So, interesting financial fact of the week. That's a good one. All right, well, that leads up here to our first topic of the new year, and that is the five financial New Year's resolutions that you need to consider um, because it is the new year, and it's time to get serious about what you're going to focus on this year. And, okay, I know everybody has plans to lose a little bit of weight, Mm -hmm. exercise a little more regularly. I'm with you. You know, I'm... (laughs) I'm uh, in fact I'm I'm going to give it a few days before I even get on the scales, you know, because it's a little too scary at this point, right? Yeah. Had some great food over the holidays, but now it's time to get serious. So we're going to do that. That's on everybody's list or a lot of people's list, I'm sure. You know, maybe even plan to take a special vacation or acquire a new skill in the new year. I think that's a great idea. But what about your financial goals and resolutions? We have five of them for you here. Um, that you need to put on your list if you haven't already mastered these. I would say, John, 90% of people don't have these all five covered. Mm -hmm. So you need to add these if you're missing these to your list. Yeah, you know, a lot of people think resolutions are really not important um, because a lot of times they fizzle out before they happen. But, you know, by focusing on goals, write these down, write the goals down, uh, it's always a good starting point to make some real changes in your life. So, you know, you don't have to wait until you get lung cancer before you stop smoking. You know it's bad for you. You know sh- you should be doing some of these. So you got to just step up, and today is the day. Make that decision and make these changes. Right, exactly. And hopefully if you look back at 2013, you, you accomplished some things that you've been putting off, mm-hmm. you know, time, year after year, and you, you finally focused on them and made them happen. And kudos to you if that's the case. There was a couple of them that I I did this past year that, you know, I finally listed all my financial accounts out in Mm -hmm. one place. You would would think I already had that. And I had, you know, a book with all of them in there, but I never had them listed out. And Mm -hmm. I finally did all that, really listed out all my policies and, 
you know, accounts and retirement plan, all that kind of stuff in one place. So yeah. if something happens to me, you know, Kathy has, Kathy has a place to go. Sure. And, and also just so I can update it and keep up with it and have it in one place consolidated yeah. with phone numbers yeah. and account numbers, all that kind of stuff. Yep. But, you know, I mean, it's something that's so easy to put off. And, and there's and this these five things are also things that are easy to keep putting off if you're – you know, if you have these problems. Um, so we're going to break into these. I mean, yeah, you don't have to break your wrist. <laughs> Speaking of breaking things, you don't have to break your wrist before saying that you're not going to go snowboarding again. Mm. Yeah, I don't know who would would be that hard-headed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was me. That's right. Uh, you know, the point is meaningful change can come just from deciding that you're going to get serious about something and you're going to do it. Um, so that definitely applies to changing your financial picture as well. You just have to decide that today is the day. So here are the, some things that you need to change if you haven't already conquered these. Number one here on the list, we'll jump right into it, is establish an emergency fund. Mm, that's a key one. And we talk about this, you know, so many times. I mean, this is a critical step. And, you know, you have to have three to six months of expenses saved up in a liquid account that you can get your hands on when things go wrong. Yeah, let's say, for instance, you uh, forget that you're almost 50 and you go snowboarding and you uh, try to keep up with your 20-year-old son. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> and you, you break your wrist and Can't you need surgery. Can we a better, better example yeah, of this, John? Yeah, of course. I, that's hypothetical, of hypothetical. course. I'm just saying totally, it could yeah. happen to anybody. Yeah. It, it did happen to you a couple well, years ago, right? yeah, it did a couple <laughs> years ago. In fact, I mean, you're right. That's the $2,500 deductible on my insurance I hit. And that is a good example because if you don't have an emergency fund – you know, where are you going to get that $2,500? It goes on your credit card. Yeah, that's right. Again, and, well, in this case, in fact, maybe your son also was snowboarding, and, you know, he also broke his arm. Hard to imagine that could both happen, but there's another big deductible for your emergency funds. Yeah, so, maybe they both happen at the same time. Well, right? that, that seems impossible. impossible. Got to be impossible. But he was following you down, and that, that that's when he broke it? Well, no, actually, I was... He broke his first, and then whenever they were taking him down, I slipped and broke my wrist. Oh, okay. I was like following, following him, him, following him down. It's uh, I, even yeah. even two years later, it's unbelievable. Well, that's why they call it an emergency fund. You just can't plan on these. <laughs> you can't. It's the G O K fund, the God only knows fund. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> what that was. But uh, yeah, that was like seriously two deductibles. It was over five thousand dollars right oh, out goodness. of our pocket. Um, you know, unbelievable. It would be even bigger today. The deductibles have gone up. So just that kind of stuff does happen. you got to have an emergency fund. And, you know, you can't let the credit card bills snowball. Um, so you got to have a plan for that. Well, and I think you pointed out if you don't have an emergency fund, we see people that will have credit card debt. So it's, exactly it's, right. it's almost mutually exclusive. You either have one or the other. So get that emergency fund. Yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, that's going to be our next one here on the list is paying off your credit cards for good. So we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. But if you have questions, you can email us here at uh, info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house here in 2014. Mm, start of the new year. Waking up in the new Happy year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, exactly. 
Um, I'm Steve Marbury, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. And we are going to continue our discussion here that we started before the break about five financial New Year's resolutions. Yeah, not many people have all these five. I think you threw out a percentage, 90%. That's, a, that's an estimate, but yeah, we're just we don't come across many people that had these five done. No, we don't. And they're simple items. So, you know, you would think that a lot of people would have all five of these knocked out, but they don't. And that's that's the key. These are five really crucial things for your financial picture, you know, and 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 so you got to make sure you have these five things handled. They're kind of keys to your financial success, if you will. And number one here on the list was establish an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. That's like the building block of anybody's financial plan. Dave Ramsey calls that the GOK fund, the God only knows funds. That's right. You know, cars break, health issues, getting laid off, breaking wrist. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. it can happen. That's right. You just and never if you, know. And if you don't have that fund, what we see invariably is that, that you'll have credit card debt. That's right. Because you have one or the other. Nobody has the perfect budget that works out perfect every month. So if you're falling behind, you have no place to put that to put those charges except on a credit card. Mm-hmm. But if you're ahead, getting ahead, building a little bit of money, then you build up money and you put an emergency fund, and that's where you got to be. Okay, you have to have three to six months of expenses built up in emergency fund. So that was number one here on the list. So put that on your list if you don't have that. That's the start. And then number two here on the list is to start paying off your credit cards for good. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are those credit card balances from the last emergency or from Christmas, you know, which just got over, right? Yeah, it's going to be getting the statements here pretty soon. A lot of people, soon. you're going to be getting your statement. you, you got to get those paid off. So you have to decide that you're going to make some real progress and systematically just pay these off over time. So you make a budget, you stop eating out, you drop a club membership, you do whatever it takes to squeeze an extra $200 a month out of your budget in which you add to your payment to start whittling down the smallest credit card first. Mm -hmm. That's the way you do it. And then when you get that one paid off, you add all of that payment to the next smallest card and you pay it off even quicker. So it starts kind of snowballing, right? Yeah, that's what Dave Ramsey calls it, the debt snowball. The debt snowball. Yeah, it works. It works very, very well. And then, you know, you do that to the next, and you do that until they're all paid off. And it's really that simple. Um, you can do it. So you just got to focus on that. Start paying off your credit cards for good. That was number two. Number three here on the list is start saving 15% toward retirement. Ouch. 15%? I know. Come sounds on, like, Dr. Marvin. Sounds like a lot. It's it's cruel, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, that's a, that's a great, you know, I met with a couple last week that were saving about 20% toward retirement. Wow. And, you know, as you would expect, they are in fantastic sh- retirement mm-hmm. shape. How old are they? They're like fifty-seven. Okay, wow. You know? So I mean, I bet they are fifty-seven. I mean, you've been doing they've been doing it for a while, obviously, yeah, yeah. because they have a lot of money saved up and they're they're in great shape for retirement. That's the key. That's what happens if you get on that path and start saving fifteen percent or more to retirement. We can't em- overemphasize how important that is to your long-term success. We sit down with hundreds of people, and the one consistent thing that we see. For those that are well on track for retirement is they're saving a high percentage of every paycheck toward retirement. And they usually started very early doing that. Every 10 years you wait to start saving for retirement, you have to save about two and a half times as much to reach the same goal. Yeah. And so here, here's some of the, the numbers, which are just staggering, like you just mentioned. And, you know, if you're not 
20 years old. You maybe have um, kids that are in that age or maybe grandkids, so share this knowledge with them. $500 a month if you start when you're at age 20 and it grows at 8% per year. At age 60, that would be worth $1.75 million. Wow. That's I mean, 40 years of saving, but it can it can work. And you can do that in a Roth, and it will be tax-free. It's incredible. It really is. And then if you, But if you wait 10 years to age 30, that $500 saving per month goes up to $1,174, you know, more than double. And then if you wait to age 40, that same amount to get that $1.75 million, you have to save almost $3,000 per month. So, you know, time is critical. If you're yeah. listening to this and you're 50, well, you know, you can't change the past. You can only work forwards, uh, forward, you know, and so you've got to figure out how to, how to work that from a planning standpoint. But, you know, take this knowledge and help someone that's younger because they can do this. They can. You just need to start early and and get started in a significant way. And change your contribution rate right now to 15% in your 401k. You'll save taxes. You won't miss the extra dollars as much as you think. And you'll be on track for a great retirement if you do that early. So that was number three. Okay, number four here on the list is make a plan for retirement so that you know what it takes to get on track. Um, you've heard it said, if you don't have any goals, you, you certainly won't reach any. And that is definitely true, mm-hmm. particularly financial stuff like this. You have to have a plan and a goal for retirement. And that starts with knowing how much it's going to take to get you there. So um, you can call someone like us, the, the money doctors, and we'll help you, you know, make a plan for retirement. But, you know, if you can do it yourself, by all means. Um, but you got to start by determining how much income you need in retirement, like how much pension, how much Social Security will contribute, um, subtract uh, to know how much that your 401k has to support. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you need 80000 and those other things add up to forty, then you're going to need another 40000 per year from your 401k. So then you need to determine how much it's going to take at retirement age to support that added uh, income based on a 4 or 5% withdrawal rate. Yeah, and once you have that number from your for your 401k at retirement, then you know, you determine how much you need to save per month to get there and you know, rates of return, you know, you can look at between 5 and 8% over a long period of time. Obviously, it's not that every single year, but yeah, that's really going to de- depend on how aggressive or how conservative you are. But, you know, that's what a plan is, is looking at how much money you need in the future and how much you need to save each month. Yeah, it's really not rocket science, but, I mean, it does take a decent grasp of math and understanding of inflation and rates of return and reasonable levels of spending. So, again, if you need help with that, give us a call. We'd be glad to help you. But get started today by making that one of your New Year's financial resolutions. So that's a good one. All right, and the last one here on the list is to get your investments truly diversified. It may seem like invest diversification doesn't help in some down markets, but it does help over the long term. You know, we don't have a crystal ball. We can't predict the future. But history shows that mm-hmm. diversification does help. Um, and when markets are, you know, going up, um, there will be some asset classes and, and many individual securities that are left behind, like emerging markets yes. this past year. Yeah, emerging markets was down in 2013. Yeah, we lost money in 2013 <clears throat> amidst a, a, a really taken a market that was taken off. Could be a good time to buy, <clears throat> right? It could. It could. But you got to be diversified. You can't put all your money in, in, in one basket. Markets go through some long droughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't afford to miss the rains when they finally do come. You need to have your fields plowed and your 
seeds, various seeds planted, ready to grow when the markets do finally begin to sprout, like we saw this past year, mm-hmm. past couple of years. Um, so you need large, small, you need value, you need growth, you need international, U.S., along with some bonds, fixed income, and stocks, um, that, that you got to cover it all. Yeah, and then you know, then you need to have a you know in that asset class, you need to have good representation with hundreds of stocks and bonds instead of just a few. And you know, when you look at it, what we see is if you're truly diversified, then your portfolio, you know, would likely represent you know thousands of different stocks and bonds in a lot of different countries around the world in eight to twelve different asset classes. That's what diversification means when we say that word. That's what it looks like. Exactly. So, so yeah, so t- for your New Year's resolutions, um, you need to include some financial goals to get you back on track. You need to make sure you have an emergency fund. You're on track with paying off your credit cards. You're saving 15% in your 401k plan, um, which, by the way, you'll need a plan for that, <laughs> by the way. And, um, and then you just need to make sure that you're truly diversified and you're on track for your retirement plan. So um, those are our financial New Year's resolutions we yeah. need, you need to include and, on your list. And if someone needs help, they can obviously reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to sit down with them and kind of check out their situation. Exactly. Yep. Give us a call or email us there at infomoneymd.net. Okay, we're going to do our question of the week here before we go to break. This is a simple question. Can I retire? <laughs> the $10 million question. And that's actually, we, we get that so much, um, obviously, from, from our clients and uh, folks coming into our business. And that's one of the questions is, is they're not sure if they can retire. Um, and that's really what the plan is all about, is sitting down and saying, how much income do you need in retirement? Um, and what are the sources? Some people have pensions. Uh, Social Security is an option for many people. And then the third leg of that is, is typically your investment. So you've got to look at that whole picture and see if it adds up. That's right. It's really not rocket science, as I just mentioned, but it does take, you know, some math. I mean, you got to take inflation into account. A lot of oh, people absolutely. don't think about inflation. That's they think huge. about the first year of retirement, mm-hmm. and they forget, oh, what about 10 years down the road when I need, you know, 20 30% more yeah. money per year? more income to to keep up with inflation. And we have some very sophisticated planning tools that we use. Um, Great, uh, great data. A lot of information goes into it and it spits out a lot of uh, information that we help to uh, take a look at. So if you need help with that, we can certainly uh, provide you some, some guidance. That's exactly right. But it is an important question. So you gotta, you gotta look at the details. You can't wing it for retirement. There are no do over. That's right. Right. So it is a very important question. Good question. All right, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net. Or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages and Gene and me. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and kicking off 2014 here with a uh, with a bang, with a good New Year's show here. New Year's show here, talking about the stock market coming up here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what did we do last year? How did the market do? And so, we'll jump right into that. But I'm Steve Marber, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. And um, yeah, we're going to start off the segment here with um, a Bloomberg article. And the title is Stocks 3.7 Trillion Year Beats Bonds by the Most Ever on Funds. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it really was a remarkable, historic year, really, um, because it's the worst year I can think of for bonds in mm-hmm. a long, long time. And it's the best year that we've had in stocks since 1995. It may be why a lot of people are leaving bonds going into stocks. Well, right? it's about time, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, because we've kind of been predicting that yeah. bonds were in a very precarious position for a long time. And, you know, eventually that was going to come home to roost. And uh, did this past year a little bit. I mean, interest rates went up just a little bit. They yeah. really just started going up. But most people need to have some bonds, bond exactly. funds in there, short-term, high-quality, because you got to be diversified. We just don't know when the markets are going to correct. They they typically do once a year. But last year was a phenomenal year. It really was. So the wind has kind of been at the back of stocks for a while, and it's been in the face of bonds for a while. And last year really showed that. I mean, five years after the equity. Bull market started. U.S. investors returned to stocks in 2013, just in time for the best relative returns versus bonds on record. Um, Exchange-traded funds and and mutual funds in general, uh, shares took in about $162 billion last year, which was the most in over 10 years since 2000, Um, according to data compiled by Bloomberg here. And the investment company institute. At the same time, the S and P five hundred made over climbed over thirty percent mm, this past year. That's a great year that's by phenomenal. any that's yeah. a phenomenal year. Um, and it beat the government bonds by thirty two percent, the widest margin since nineteen seventy eight, according to data <clears throat> compiled here by the Bank of America. So Pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, companies in the S&P 500, they're worth more than uh, $3.7 trillion today than they were 12 months ago. Um, and that's when Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke signaled the curtailment of the economic stim- stimulus. You know, it's interesting. The bull market, which was born back in the depths of the credit uh, crisis, enters its sixth year. And uh, you know, that's fueled by 0% interest rates and conviction among investors that it's finally safe to own stocks again, and there's a, some folks out there saying, hey, the equity culture is, is not dead, and you know, people lost sight that equities um, still provide long-term good returns, and you know, we're going to go through it at the end of this article here, but it boils down to corporate earnings, and they've increased they have. significantly. They've been, been really well, really good for several years mm-hmm. now, and um, yeah, we had another good year last year in, in earnings growth, and, and that does drive the stock market. To a large degree, the biggest rally um, that we've had since 1995 uh, was 2013 here in stocks, and it was pulled the annual gains back to the historic averages, um, closer to the historic averages over time. Um, after the the credit crisis wiped out 11 trillion in U.S. market value, now so we gained 3.7 trillion last year. The the crisis, the bear market had wiped out eleven trillion in value, so we gained about a third of that back here in just one year. Mm-hmm. Um, which, of course, we're at new highs now. So we had already gained a lot of that back. Yeah, if you had stayed invested throughout the, the the dips and the the upturns, I mean, you know, markets are higher than they were five years ago, six years ago. So you're actually on the positive side. Most people are. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> and I think it's interesting. Robert Schiller, he's the Nobel Prize laureate that. Um, just won Nobel Prize last year. He had observed in 2009 that investors were no richer than they were a decade earlier. Mm-hmm. But now, obviously, not the case. Yeah. So we've had some uh, some great years here capped off by last year. Yeah, including reinvested dividends. Stock loss, stocks lost about 1% from 2000 to 2009. 
um, according to Bloomberg. <clears throat> but if you take the most recent four years, the inflation-adjusted return is about 3.5% per year compared with 6% for the long-term since 1900 inflation-adjusted mm-hmm. return. So, um, yeah, it's been a great, great run here in the last few years. Yeah, and, you know, gold has not been in that um, the no. last couple of years. They certainly had a good good run, but there are, are so many doom uh, gloomers that got this wrong, said Michael Strauss, who's uh, with the Common Fund Group in uh, Connecticut. Um, you know, he's, the fact that there's still a lot of perma bears pounding the table probably gives the potential of markets continuing to have some more upside surprises. So, you know, gold did not have a good year. That was not a good. No, gold was not a good place to be. Another place not to be last year was um, options. Mm -hmm. Um, The the VIX index specifically, which is like an index that uh, tracks. It's kind of a negative market index because it tracks volatility in the index. It lost 31% this past year. Um, Biggest biggest decrease since 2009. Uh, So... Yeah, you know, you, you don't want to be in. You know, again, we don't we don't believe in investing in that kind of stuff anyway, mm-hmm. long term. But uh, you know, stocks really stood out. I mean, they they had a great year. Yeah, and U.S. bonds, uh, like we mentioned, had a tough year. They fell three point four percent this year, and well, that was the first drop since two thousand and nine. And uh, for all those losses, demand for the U.S. government debt remained stronger than at any time before the financial crisis. As foreign central banks, insurers, and pensions are willing to finance the uh, largest debtor nation. So, you know, bonds had a tough year. But, you know, we have a lot of conversations about that. We still think bonds have a place in people's portfolios. I mean, yeah, you know, you got to have the right structure of the bonds. But going 100% into equities for someone who is conservatively minded is not a wise thing either, right? No, no. I, I certainly don't don't think that's right. Um, in any case, <clears throat> in any situation – but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, stock swings, there are some analysts out there who are saying that 2014 is going to be a more turbulent year than we saw in 2013. And that's not hard to believe because 2013, we didn't even have a correction, yeah. which we normally have a full correction, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, the the federal government, the Fed, uh, is scheduled to start reducing their purchases by $10 billion each of the next seven meetings before um, they stop purchasing any long-term debt back in December of this coming year. So, you know, if they stay on schedule, 41 economists are predicting that uh, on average by December they'll be out of the QE3 bond repurchasing program. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that um, some of the industry folks look at um, is is multiples. And all that means is how are stocks valued? And uh, one of the gentlemen out there from J.P. Morgan, um, his name is Rob uh, Weiler, says equities are approaching fair value range. They're not historically expensive, but not historically cheap. So that means that, you know, we don't see bubbles out there. I think back right. in the tech, you know, uh, era back in the early 2000s, there were some issues with the multiples being too high. And uh, they look to be fairly valued at this point. Um, so we don't see any bubbles that are on the horizon. But, you know, we can't predict the markets. We don't try to – that's not how we operate. We we do diversification, right? Exactly. That's right. Yeah, I mean, the S&P 500 uh, gained this year created more stock value in the U.S. than uh, any year on record, according to data going back to uh, – since 1990, compiled by Bloomberg. So um, – you know, while the index advanced about two percentage points more in 1997, the capitalization 
was a lot less, so it didn't create as much value for people. So it was a banner year for wealth growth, really, and that's going to have a positive effect on the economy. It will. It will. And, you know, we talk about, Steve, that the, uh, the, the markets are driven by profits of the companies. Profits for the S&P 500 companies have climbed to more than $100 per share, and that was from $60 per share in 2008. So tremendous growth in what companies are, are earning, despite all the headwinds that we've had in you know, politics and so forth. And their forecast increased by almost 10% uh, in, 20, in 2014, and that was twice the growth rate for 2013. So if companies are earning more money and they're expanding you know, outside the United States and inside the United States, that's positive. That's real positive. That's right. And that's that's one of the things that has helped the market here this past year. You know, also looking at 2014, um, GDP is predicted to expand by 2.6% this year, um, up from 1.7% mm-hmm. last year in 2013, according to 78 economists surveyed by Bloomberg. So, you know, they're, they're uh, the the re- the recovery is picking up steam. It is. It's slow, but it has positive signs, and I think it that's why positive. the market's never really corrected um, in two- 2013. So, again, right. we're not trying to predict the markets. There's just some positive news out there and what we're seeing and what we're hearing. Yeah, unemployment is down mm-hmm. to, to about 7% now. Um, you know, the weekly jobless claims are, are below the 400,000 year uh, per uh I guess jobless claim yeah. mark every yeah. every single month that it's coming out. Um, so you know things are improving, and I think that bodes well for 2014. Nobody knows what the future holds, but I think there's a good chance we're going to have a, a decent year mm-hmm. going forward as well. So uh, all right, well that's a good look here at at uh, last year, and uh, but that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at seven zero six seven three nine. 0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. And we're going to start off our last segment here with the prescription of the week. Yeah, this is to look back at 2013 return, uh, your portfolio, and see how they compared against uh, major indexes. And, you know, you, you got to make sure that you look at um, apples and apples. A lot of people right. compare their, their portfolio to the Dow. Well, the Dow is only 30 stocks, right? If you truly have a diversified portfolio, you can look at some world indexes that have both U.S. and international and, yeah. and kind of get an idea of how you stacked up. Yeah, you kind of want to probably want to compare your international investments to something like the EFI index. Right, you know, right. Um, to, to something that's comparable to the index that you're comparing to. Your U.S., large company U.S. investments. S&P 500. S&P 500 is okay. a good barometer. So you just want to do some general benchmarking mm-hmm. just to see. You make sure you're not falling way behind. Right. Um, not getting the returns that you should be getting in your portfolio. So, uh, But if you want help with that, we'd be glad to help you. We sure. do a free analysis for folks yep. um, that want to take a look at how they did. Um, okay, that leads up to our last topic here of the day, and that is the 10 ways Americans squander their retirement. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be doing this. No, and this is a Dave Ramsey article, and 
you know, we see people every day who are squandering their retirement, and they, a lot of times they don't even know it. So, That's you right. know, the question is, is could you be guilty of any of these retirement killers? So we'll jump right into it. We've got 10 of them here. Is It's too much mortgage. I mean, home ownership is an important part of a solid financial footing. But, you know, many of us go about it the wrong way. The average American mortgage is about $220,000. And it yeah, and it costs 158000 in interest over 30 years. So, you know, if you pay off your mortgage in 15 years, um, you save about $86,000 in interest, and you're out of debt 15 years sooner. That'll free up like $1,600 a month to build up for your retirement. So get a 15-year mortgage exactly. versus a 30. That's exactly right. Or if you have a 30, at least pay it off on a 15-year schedule. There you go. So, you know, do the math there. All right, number two here is blowing your bonus or raise. Everyone loves a bonus or raise, right? And we usually get one every year if you get a cost of living increase, <clears throat> but few ever get the real benefit from it. And that's because most of us, when we get paid, we spend more. Mm-hmm. You know, if we just had the discipline to put that hard-earned money toward retirement, um, we could stop worrying about whether or not we're going to have enough during our golden years. So if you get a 3% raise, add another 2% to your 401k per year or start a Roth. You know, that's another great idea. Yeah, Um, I would also throw a tax refund in there. A lot of times people get tax refunds and they, they go and spend it on vacations or new furniture. It's okay to have a little fun with some of that, but put t- peel off a portion of that and put it towards um, retirement. Yeah, don't right? blow it all. Exactly. So that's number two on the list. Number three here is car payments. America's we're, – we're a car-crazy bunch. I mean, you know, as proof of our obsession, USA Today recently reported that a growing number of car buyers – are signing up for seven-year loans. I mean, that's... That's nuts. It is. It is. It's bad enough to go into debt for a car at all, but a $28,000 car loan will cost at least $4,000 in interest over seven years. So here's an idea. Save up and pay for cash. Cash. That's a great way to buy a car. Get a $10,000 vehicle and invest the rest. And if you think about it, it could easily add up to hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime if you if you did that, if you paid cash, didn't pay the interest, and never had a, a car payment, Dave Ramsey is huge on that. Yeah, I've talked about it. I've done the math before, yes. and it, it will save over like two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars over your lifetime if you do that instead of buy cash for used cars instead of buying a new car. Yeah, on credit. There you go. There you go. So that's number three. Number four here on the list is is eyeballing the budget, and the you know the budget. It's a powerful tool, Steve, as you know, for saving money, but only if you follow it. If you're having trouble sticking to your budget every month, try the envelope method. Um, That's where you just put cash in an envelope, and once the cash is gone, then you stop spending. And, you know, each budget category, you know, will have its own envelope, and uh, you put the appropriate amount of cash in there. And so you have built-in accountability. You won't spend the money you should be saving. So, you know, if you're eating out too much um, and you need to spend 100 or 150 dollars per month if that's what your budget allows then put that cash in at the beginning of the month and once it goes it's done yeah that's a great way of doing it yep that's good all right number five here on the list is credit card debt of course we already talked about this in the financial new year's resolutions but you know it's it's a persistent thing that can kill your retirement and that is credit cards they can be sneakier than other types of debt right a 50 dollar charge here 200 dollar charge there it seems harmless. You promise yourself you'll pay it all off when it comes, but 40% of Americans don't pay off their credit cards each month. That mm-hmm. means, you know, they're carrying it forward and paying huge interest payments. Sure. 15% interest, 20% some of them. That's right. Yeah. So soon their payments are eating up their income and there's none left for the future. So get your credit card debt 
in order. Start paying those off, as we talked about last segment. Yeah, that's a good one. Number six here on the list is overindulging in special treats. And how many people do you know who fret that they don't have enough money saved for retirement, but they eat out, you know, three or four nights a week, uh, take a couple vacations a year, uh, drink gourmet coffee. Uh, when you're out of debt and you have retirement and college savings well underway, you can certainly afford to splurge on nice things. But you know, until then, you got to keep your priorities straight. If you think about every um, every trip that you take is going to, you know, you're not going to be retiring on time or you're not paying your college education. It kind of puts it in perspective. Yeah, it seems like more and more people are eating out, you mm-hmm. know, at restaurants. And oh, yeah. I read an article yesterday who talked about how the middle class weren't eating out as much. I think that's the opposite. I think they're eating out more. Yeah. Because every time I go to, you know, a restaurant, you know. It's packed. Um, it is packed, and, and you got to wait in line, and it's it's folks that just you yeah. know they have very average jobs. Mm-hmm. So, and if you look at the number of restaurants in Aiken and Augusta and the surrounding communities, they just keep popping up. It's, it's un- just amazing, it really is. So, number seven here is um, you know ten ways Americans squander their retirement is student loan debt, and you know it's a fact. I mean, college graduates will leave school with an average of thirty five thousand dollars in school related debt. You know, that alone will keep the class of 2013 from saving for their future anytime soon. I mean, they're going to be strapped with a couple hundred dollar a month payments, and they won't be able to make up for lost time. So like we talked about earlier, you know, waiting 10 years to get started investing could reduce their nest egg, you know, by hundreds and almost maybe even millions of dollars, depending on how much you're saving. So that's student loan debt. I mean, that's that's a tough nut to crack. It really is. Yeah, that's that's a, a good one, too, to focus on. All right, here's one that's kind of painful for a lot of people, and that is supporting adult kids. Mm-hmm. Almost 60% of parents, 60%, that's that's a that's a lot. Yeah, it is. Admit to providing financial support for their adult children who are no longer in school. Um, more than a quarter of them went into debt, and 7% delayed retirement just to be able to do that. I mean, listen, we, we know you love your kids, <laughs> But, you know, it's best to give them – give them the best thing to give them is a secure retirement for you. <laughs> that yeah. way you won't have – they won't have to support you. Yeah, you don't have to live with them. Whenever you're unable to support yourself. I mean, you have to wean your children, you know, teach them to fly. I mean, sometimes, you know, that means tough love, right? I mean, nothing with – nothing wrong with supporting them a little bit, but – it all needs to be geared toward encouraging and enabling them to be self-sufficient. Yeah, that's a good one. Number nine here on the list is 401k loans. I mean, of all the poor choices, none literally squanders your retirement like a 401k loan. And, you know, when you borrow from your 401k, you're basically taking money that's meant to support you in retirement and you're using it to solve today's problems. And, you know, people say, well, yeah, I can pay myself back, but you're losing the growth potential of that money. 2013 was a great example. I mean, 30% up markets. Um, so that's not a, that's not a great way, um, to, to fund. You've got to get your priorities and your emergency funds in places and not use your 401k as a, as a loan, uh, processor. Number 10 here, the last one on the list is bad investing decisions. Most investors can't separate their emotions from the dollars and cents side of investing. As a result, you know, a lot of times what we see, Steve, and, and you know this, is they panic during bad times and yep. they become overly enthusiastic in the good times and, and lose money a lot of the time. So, you, you know, you, you, maybe if you can't do this on your own, reach out to someone. Obviously, we help folks in this area and all across the country as well. But but partner with someone who has, you know, a little background in, in the situation, understands history a little bit. It can help you, um, you know, going forward. And 
Um, you know, there's a lot of things here on the list. If you're questioning what you're doing is right, just give us a call uh, or email us. We'll be more than happy to sit down with you and, and talk through some of these items. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you you got to be prepared for retirement. And there are so many of these subtle ways, just as we mentioned here, these 10 ways that your retirement gets to be undermined. You know, it's kind of like erosion at the beach. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see it. It just kind of slowly starts eating away at your progress. And before you know it, you know, your house is falling into the ocean. Yeah, right? that's right. I mean, I see houses at Ocean Isle Beach that, where we go um, about once a year that are falling in the ocean yeah. as a result of that. And that's the way retirement gets for people. It just gets to be undermined by all these little subtle things. So yep. you really got to pay attention gotta to that. Got to focus on it. So New Year's resolution for me, I'm going to run um, three 10Ks this year. That's that's oh, kind of what I'm putting down go John. from a physical standpoint. Well, I need to. Six, so. six miles. Yeah, yeah 6.2 6. 2 2 miles. That's, that's right. right. going to do the bridge run down in um, uh, Charleston, which I, I do periodically. So you have I any like good it. ones? Make I like a, it. I like it. A couple hole-in-ones? Hole yeah, you know. no. I mean, you know, I haven't made my list yet. Okay. But, right. uh, it's still early. But yeah, I mean, I, I do have a few things yeah. that I'm going to put on the list. And losing a few pounds and exercising routinely. Yes. It's definitely one of them, so that's good. That's good. All right, well, that brings us to a close of this week's edition of Money MD with John and Steve. Tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us on our website, moneymd.net, and email us your questions. We would love to hear from you. Email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend and Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, securities sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Please be